I'm going to get right into the word. Today I'm going to preach to you and, and, and really prophetically move today on the subject of the permanence and performance of covenant. The permanence and performance of covenant. We've been talking about covenant uh, this year. This is a year of covenant. And we told you why we believe that and we've taken that from scripture. We're going to go back into it today and I know God is going to touch you in a very powerful way. The 89th Psalm in verse 1 says, I will sing. There it is again. I will sing. Let's say those words together. I will sing. What are you going to do? Sing. sing. Of the mercies of the Lord, how long? Forever. Forever. With my mouth will I make known your what? Faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shall you establish in the very heavens. Now here's God speaking. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David my servant. Your seed will I establish forever. And I will build up your throne to all Generations, I have made a covenant with my chosen. Psalm 89 verse 28 says, My mercy will I keep for him forevermore. And my covenant shall stand fast with him. His seed also will I make to endure forever. And his throne as the days of heaven. Verse 34, Psalm 89. My covenant... Will I not break? Well, that's strong, y'all. God says, my covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. Once have I sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David. His seed will endure forever. And his throne as the sun before me, it shall be established forever. As the moon and as a faithful witness in heaven, my covenant will I not break, listen to it, nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. The permanence and performance of covenant. Lift your hands one more time. Lord, let an anointing that is demonstrative settle in this place today. As a matter of fact, Lord, I'm going to dare to pray this prayer. Do something radical. Do something radical in our lives today. Yeah. Do something that will shake us to our core. We love you. We submit to you. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Look at three people and tell them it's on in the building right now. And then you may be seated. My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. Well, go on and give it. Mm -hmm. If my brother brings forth the word that I have spoken out to 
Thank you, Brother Mike. Powerful. Powerful. Thank you for your sensitivity. The word covenant, we've been talking about it this year. We've talked about many of the definitions. I want to give you one this morning. Daniel Webster defines the word covenant, a usually formal, solemn, and binding agreement. The prophet Amos said, how can two walk together, Amos 3.3, except they be agreed? The most frustrating thing you'll ever do in life is align yourself and attach yourself to people you do not agree with. And this is why the Lord said you do not yoke a donkey and an ox together. They both do the same thing, but they do not do it at the same speed. They both plow, but they do not plow at the same speed. It's frustrating when you have an ox anointing. I'll leave it right there. <laughs> he goes on to say it's a, a written agreement or promise, usually under seal between two or more parties. And here you go, especially for the performance of some action. A covenant is only made specifically for the performance of some action. In other words, when you enter into covenant, there should be an expectation attached to that covenant. Tell your neighbor, something has to happen. And that's the kind of God you serve. You serve a God that is continually moving but never changing. Ezekiel said he's the wheel in the middle of the wheel. He's moving, but he never changes. Say this with me. God is for me and God is with me. Our text says my covenant I will not break. And God says I will not even alter the thing that I have spoken. Hmm. My covenant will I not break. It will not dissolve. It literally means to pierce with a turning or twisting movement. I can almost hear the Lord saying, don't get it twisted. The plot in your life is not twisting his plan. Tell your neighbor, don't get it twisted. Amen. And God says the covenant will not get twisted. He said the thing that has gone out of my mouth, the thing that I have spoken, will not be altered. It means to transmute. Transmutation is different than transformation. Transformation changes the form of a thing. Transmutation changes the nature of a thing. And God said, what I have spoken, the nature of what I have said cannot be changed. Boy, that's strong, y'all. I say it like this. Your jeopardy or problem does not change his promise. 
Your circumstance does not alter his word. The New Living, uh, New Living Translation, the New Living Transmutation. <laughs> says in verse 34, no, God speaking, I will not break my covenant. Listen to what it says. I will not take back one single word that I have said. Have you ever come to a place where you thought you had a deal with somebody? And then you found out that that was not really the deal. You had a contract and you didn't read the fine print. And you said, man, I didn't know that was part of the deal. God is the kind of God that does not slip in addendums. That you are unaware about. Or unaware of I should say. God lets you know the full plan. As a matter of fact he says. Many are the plans. Proverbs 19.21. Of a man's heart. But my purpose. My counsel. My covenant. Will always prevail. That's good stuff. The promise which I have made. I will not make it a different thing. I will not modify the conditions and I will not withdraw anything I have spoken. It shall stand precisely as it was when I uttered it. What God promises will be exactly performed. What God promises, I want you to get that in your spirit. What God promises will be exactly performed. If he said it, he's going to do it. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. That's what he says. That's his word. And he will stand by his word. God's covenant is absolutely sure. When I was preparing, I started praying at 4.30 this morning. As I was preparing in prayer, I really felt impressed of the Lord again to remind you that the purpose of this entire series is to make you feel secure. <laughs> to remove all insecurity from your life to remind you that no matter what it looks like no matter what it feels like everything is going to be alright how do we know that Numbers 23 19 says this God is not a man that will preach by itself God is not a man God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? God said be secure in me. I'm not like people you know. I'm not like men that lied to you and disappointed you. 
I'm not a man that I should lie. He said, as a matter of fact, I'm so concerned and compassionate toward you that there will be moments in your life that I will have to speed things up just so you are secure. How do you know that, Pastor Rick? Jeremiah 1.11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. And the Lord said unto me, you have seen well, for I will hasten my word to perform it. I will speed up my word to perform what I said I would do. It literally means my word is sleepless. And it's always on the outlook for an opportunity to perform for you. It's like the word hovers over your life. And right when he sees you about to go into doubt, right when he sees you about to plummet into depression, he shows up and activates a word in your life to encourage you to keep on keeping on. I'm going to preach to you. Act like it, like it. I came to encourage you today and tell you God is for you. No matter what the news says, no matter what the circumstance says, God is for you. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. God is a good God. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Say it with me. God is a good God. Say it with me. God is for me. Say it with me. God is not against me. You've got to get that in your spirit. God is for you. How do you know that? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God is for you. But I have a question for you today. What happens when you think God has forgotten his covenant? Now, before you say, I've never thought that. I got studying on Moses this morning. You know, old stuttering, stammering lip Moses, right? Our great, ferocious, courageous leader, Moses. And I started thinking about his relationship with God. And I tracked back and all the way to chapter one of Exodus. And the Bible says Joseph had died and his brethren and all that generation. And the children of Israel, now they're in Egypt. Listen, in Egypt, they were fruitful. Did you just miss that? The children of Israel in Egypt were fruitful. And they increased abundantly. Where? In Egypt. And they multiplied. And they waxed exceeding mighty. And the land was filled with them. There rose up a new king over Egypt. He didn't know Joseph. And he said to the people, Behold, the people in Israel are becoming more mightier than we are. 
Let us deal with them, lest they multiply, and it come to pass when there falleth out any war that they will defeat us. Don't think your enemy does not pay attention to your progress. Say it again, Pastor Rick. Do not think the enemy is not paying attention to your growth. Hmm. Therefore, the king set over the Israelites taskmasters to afflict them with burdens. Verse 12 says, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. The more the enemy attacked, the more they multiplied and grew. Can I submit to you, no matter what the enemy does to stop you, no matter how much pressure he puts on you to destroy you, you are not going to cave in. You're not going to have an infrastructure that breaks down. You are going to stand firm. And when it feels like you are under so much pressure that you're about to shrink back, you're going to wake up and realize that you are bigger and better than you've ever been in your life. So everyone say it with me. Bring it on. It's only making me bigger. God is good. <laughs> Chapter 2. The Bible says in verse 23, it came to pass in the process of time that that king died. There came up another king. They cried. The people of Israel cried. And their cry came up to God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant. Your cry made God remember his covenant. I'm going to explain it to you. Just I'm going to explain it to you. Verse 25 says, And God looked upon the children of Israel and had respect to them. Chapter 3, God begins to speak to Moses. You're going to bring my people out of Egypt. Chapter 4, the rod turns to a snake. All these signs start happening before the eyes of Moses. I'm going through it real quick. Chapter 5, God tells Moses to go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. Chapter 5. Look at verse 22 of chapter 5. Moses returned to the Lord and said, O Lord, have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me to Pharaoh? Because ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble upon this people. And ha you have not rescued your people at all. I started this whole dialogue by telling you that God reminded me this morning of his relationship with Moses and the covenant he made with Moses. And I asked you a question. Have you ever been to the place where you thought God was not going to show up? Have you ever asked God, did you forget what you said? I have. Let me ask it another way. Have you ever prayed like this? God, did you forget me? I'm, I'll, I'll pray it another way for you, for the sanctified people. God, do you even care? I prayed like that. 
I have prayed and said, do you even care about your boy? <laughs> hey, I'm in trouble. Have you ever prayed like this? Help! And this is what Moses is doing. Moses has such a relationship with God that he can go before God and say, hey, you told me to go talk to this man that he was going to let the people go. And ever since I talked to him, things got worse instead of better. And by the way, you ain't done nothing. Now, some of y'all think I would never pray like that. I know you pray in the King James Version. You pray in another language, but it's not tongues. <laughs> Jehoshaphat had a way of praying like that. When he got in trouble, here was his prayer. Listen to the depth. We don't know what to do. Have you ever prayed like that? God, I, boy, y'all are acting real sanctified this morning. If you're really honest about it, we've all done that. And when I read that in chapter 5 and verses 22 and 23, which is the end of chapter 5, Moses is in desperation and he's saying, God, did you forget us? Because I'm telling you right now, I've done everything you told me to do. And the more I do what you told me to do, the worse it gets. And the Lord spoke to me this morning in prayer and he told me this, when things are about to change, it often gets worse just before it gets better. It's the enemy's way of trying to talk you out of your faith. Listen to me. It gets darkest right before the sun comes up, y'all. And some of you are in a place that you think it's never been this bad. Can I give you some help today? It only means you are one step away of seeing the greatest move of God you've ever seen in your life. And I'm going to bring it right to this world. This world ain't never been where it is right now. Things ain't never been worse than they are right now. You got Russia on the border of Ukraine. Don't even make me go there. All the signs are there. It's never looked this bad. You know what the Bible says? When sin abounds, grace does much more abound. In other words, when things get real bad, God is about to make a move that's going to shake this entire world. We are at the darkest moment that we've known as a generation. And I came by to tell you, God is about to do something that's going to blow your mind. If I've got anybody in this building that believes what I'm preaching, I double dog dare you to give God something to respond to. Give God praise in the midst of the darkest hour. Give God praise in the middle of your biggest problem. Give God worship in the worst condition you've ever been in because you are one step away from seeing God do something explosive. Woo. That's how chapter five ends. With Moses praying an honest prayer, did you forget us? Because things have gotten worse since I've done what you've been telling me to do. Some of you have lived that. 
You've done everything God told you to do. You've tithed, your money got worse. You give and you can't find enough finances. You pray and the problem got bigger. Chapter 6, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and says, Now, now you're going to see what I'm about to do. You are all the way at the bottom of everything. Now, somebody shout now. Now, I believe we are in the now of God. Where God says now that we got all this settled. Now that all this has happened. Now that you are in the worst place you've ever felt you've ever been in. Now, you are going to see what I'm going to do to your enemy. For with a strong hand, he's going to let my people go. And with a strong hand, he's going to drive them out of the land. And God said to Moses, and God spake unto Moses and said these words, I am the Lord. Boy, this is powerful. And I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob by the name of God Almighty. It's El Shaddai. It's the all-sufficient one. They did not know me how you about to know me. But by my name, Jehovah, was I not known to them. I'm fixing to show you a side of me that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob didn't even know. They knew me as El Shaddai. You're about to know me as Jehovah. Jehovah who? Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Sikhanu. Jehovah Rapha. Are y'all listening? You gonna know me in, in seven expressions of my character that they didn't even know me by. Some of you need God, but you need to stop looking at him and for him like he used to show up because God is about to show this generation a side of him that no one has ever seen before. Oh, I wish I had some people that could get with me. Listen, he said, verse four, I have also established my what? I established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage wherein they were strangers. But now I've heard the groaning of the children of Israel whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. Say this with me. God has heard our cry. And watch what he says. And I have remembered. I have remembered my covenant. Not your Canaan. Not a move you enjoyed 20 years ago. I have remembered my covenant. He tells him three things. I have established my covenant. I've made it clear. I've confirmed it. And I will continue to do so. In the Hebrew. I've made it clear. I have confirmed it. And I'm going to continue to confirm it. That's powerful. Number two. I've heard these people crying. I've heard their groaning. Not yesterday's groaning. Not your papa crying. I've heard your cry. It literally means I have heard you with discernment. What does that mean? I've heard you and I know what to do. You cried because you did not know what to do. But when I heard you, I knew 
what to do. I have heard your groaning. Number three, I have remembered my covenant. Does that mean he forgot his covenant? No, the word remembered in Hebrew means this. I am mindful of my covenant. I'm, I am very aware that I have a covenant with you. God says I'm very aware of the promise I made. Let me help you today. God has not forgotten you. And God has not forgotten what he's told you. I am, my, I am very aware of every word I have spoken. Now look at verse 6. I'm almost done, but I'm going to preach the devil out of Dodge today. Verse 6, chapter 6. God says to Moses, say to the children of Israel, tells him again, I am the Lord. The Lord spoke to me and said, you will never enjoy the I wills of who he is until you get used to the I am of who he is. Stop acting like you need him like he ain't already there. He is not the I will be. He is the I am for you to enjoy his will. The will be will show up when you get the I am of God. Some of you are wanting him to perform and God's saying, I'm, listen, before I perform, enjoy my presence. I am the Lord and I, watch what he says, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rid you of their bondage. I will redeem you with a stretched out arm. And with great judgments, I will take you to me for a people. I will be to you a God. And you shall know that I am the Lord, your God, which brings you out from under the burden. And I will bring you into the land concerning the which I did swear to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And now I'm going to give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. I want to introduce to you a word. The word is immutability, immutable, without the ability to change. God cannot and will not change. Woo. I started thinking about me. He said he's not a man. I am a man. Hmm. So I started thinking about river. River is one year old and going on two months. River is developing a certain kind of personality. That personality is very strong. I told somebody the other day, river is aggressive. One word river does not enjoy at all is no. Matter of fact, when you tell him no, he will look back at you and say, mm. River is wanting to hit now. He wants to swing. So when you tell him no, <clears throat> that's his response. Now, the question is, where in the heck did he learn this?
Well, I know he didn't learn it from Giovanna because Giovanna is compliant. At minimum, she's a good negotiator. At minimum. So I say he learned it from Adam. I got to blame it on somebody. But he doesn't like no. Now, I didn't introduce this subject to you to talk about River. I introduced it to you to talk about me. Because when Dustin was one year old in two months, he had the same problem. But I had a different reaction. So when Rivers, when Dustin said, mm, no, when I said no, and he went, mm, it was immediately, pap. <laughs> Not pap as in papa, it's pap as in slap. <laughs> I would tell Dustin to do something, and he would, mm, it was not even a thought. <laughs> You're talking about heaven reacting. No. And I had that boy so trained, I used to be on, on a radio program at noon in Baton Rouge, and i take Dustin with me, and boy, back then, you know, when you're in your 20s preaching, you... You, you just preached on fire everywhere. You didn't care if you was in the radio station. So, and the radio station was in a 14 by 80 trailer. <laughs> so I had me a little cassette tape with a Hammond B3 on it. And I would start preaching. I'd press the cassette tape. Lord. And I'd stomp that trailer. Hey. And Dustin would be standing there like this. And I tell, my son is in here with me right now. He's two years old. Give him praise, son. And when I tell Dustin that, he ain't feeling nothing. He just starts going. <laughs> and he's looking at me like, when can I stop? <laughs> Some people say he got the Holy Ghost. No, he got Daddy Ghost. <laughs> and I would just look at him and he would, he would start dancing. When we were in public and he started cutting up, I had a look I would give him like this. When I gave Dustin that look, he just started looking for a place to sit down. River is doing the same thing. And you know what I'm doing? Looking at her. Like, are you going to slap him? <laughs> what are you saying, Pastor Rick? I have changed. I ain't got time for all that. <laughs> so basically, River gets away with everything. With Daddy. I done raised three kids and eight grandkids. I'm not raising another child. That's Giovanna's situation. I have changed. I'm merciful. Oh, baby, don't whoop him now. Come here, River. Come here. Come see daddy. You daddy's boy. You daddy's boy. I, I'm shocked at myself. James remembers. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm just sweet. Come here, buddy. Don't cry. Don't, oh, Giovanna, don't treat him like, come here, bubba. 
I have changed. God does not change. He doesn't age. He doesn't get wiser. He doesn't get softer. He doesn't get more stern. God is just God all the time. He said, I am the Lord and I change not. Malachi says these words. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. I am God. I don't change. Because if I changed, I'd kill you. I'm the same with every generation. So as God was with the Israelites, he is with us. Are y'all hear what I'm telling you? And he tells Moses, tell my people, number one, I'm going to deliver you. And I hear God saying to you today, I'm going to bring you out from under that burden. If I'm sitting in your seat, that's when I'm saying, thank you, Jesus. Listen. God's telling you today, I am going, this is my covenant. The burden may be there, but I will bring you out from underneath that burden. That's your first promise. The second promise is I'm going to defend you. I will rid you of your enemy. It means to snatch you away and then defend you. That's, that was the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful privilege of being born the youngest of four brothers. Because when I got to Baker High School, everybody knew my three brothers. And all I had to do was say, you don't want to mess with me. Because <laughs> if you do, Randy going to get you. Can I tell you that's how God is? God said, I have gone before you. And let your enemy know if they mess with you, I'm the one that's going to show up to defend you. Somebody ought to give him praise right there. I'm going to protect you. That's the second part of the covenant. I will, come on in this building, I will defend you. And then he says, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. It literally means to reach as far as he needs to reach to buy you back. You will never be in such a bad place that God will not redeem you from that place. Number four, and I'm going fast, I will receive you. I will take you to me for a people. God is a God that accepts you just like you are. But he loves you enough not to leave you like you are. He will take you as you are. But he loves you enough to change you into the person you were always ordained to be. Somebody give him praise right there. He said, I'll receive you right there. Number five, he says, I will show you that I am God. Verse seven says, I will be to you a God and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Now let me tell you something. When God says I'm about to show out in your life to the point that you're going to know your uncle didn't do this, your aunt didn't do this, your cousin on your mama's side didn't do this, only God could do this. 
When God makes that promise to you that I'm going to do something for you, that you're going to have to say only God could bring me out of that. Only God could fix this relationship. Only God could give me this job. Only God could break that curse. God is about to do an only God move in your life. How many of you need God to show up in a big way in your life right now? I'm going to ask you one more time. How many of you need God to show up in a big way in your life? Tell somebody standing close to you, God is about to show up in a big way for you. And then number six, part of this covenant, he said, I will bring you into the land that I swore to your forefathers. Do the acts of Jesus on the word, bring. I'm not only going to lead you to the land, but the land I'm taking you to is going to require a lift. Study it. Do the acts of Jesus yourself. It means to lead you and lift you. Some of you are trying to get to the next level of your life, and you think it's on the same plane. He's not only going to lead you there. Where he's taking you is going to require a lift. A lift is a promotion. Some of you are about to receive unexpected promotions in your life. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about mindsets. I'm talking about learned behavior. There's a lift in your mind where you don't think like you used to think. You don't think on poverty levels. You don't think on sick levels. But you think on wealthy, healthy levels. Somebody shout, Lord, lead and lift. Lead and lift. Tell your neighbor God is about to lead you and lift you to the next level of life. The seventh thing he says, I'm going to give it to you for a heritage. Again, do the proper etymology of this word study. I'm going to give it to you. It's already applied to you. It's already appointed to you. It's already ordained for you. It is waiting for you to get to a place where you can handle it. It can handle you. The question is, can you handle it? Some of you have been praying for a place you're not ready to walk in. God is good, isn't he? And I'm going to give it to you as a heritage. It's your inheritance. It's your place to occupy. But you have to get ready to receive it. My covenant don't change. You have to change. My promise will not be altered. Your character has to be altered. I don't see nobody running through the building now. Right, Brad? (laughs) Okay. You were shocked when I was telling you everything God's going to do for you. <laughs> but when it gets to the place where I say, now you've got to change. God does not change. He said, the thing that I have spoken will not be altered. That's what he said in our text. And he said, I will not break my covenant. He never mentioned you. You have to change. You have to get your character right. 
you have to change your behavior patterns. And many of you in this building are living under strongholds that are learned behaviors from your parents and your grandparents. And you're crying for a place you will not behave yourself into. I didn't say believe yourself into. You're believing for stuff you will not behave enough to receive. Your behavior has to change. And you wonder, man, I am living the same life Paul lived. I'm in the same situation because you've got his behavior. You live in what you act like. I always, I always tell people, if you can dream it, live like you're already there. If you start living where you're dreaming, then you'll start occupying what you dreamed. Preaching good, Pastor Rick. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. The permanence and performance of covenant. Next week is a big week for us as a church. Next Sunday is Covenant Sunday. And we're going to encourage all of our families to come in covenant with God. Come into covenant with God. I don't know how we're going to do it yet, but it's going to be fun. And we're going to ask you to come into covenant with each other. And you say, why is that so important? The prophet said, and I'll share it with you next week. He said, the curse is upon you. Listen to it carefully. Because you have forsaken the covenant of brotherhood. Some of you think it's okay to be at odds with everybody all the time. And you're trying to break a cycle in your life that just is perpetually on you and you can't seem to break it. And it's simply because you're mad at everyone all the time. You have forsaken the covenant of brotherhood. And now there's a curse that is perpetually attached to you. God is serious about covenant to the point that all the ships that were sent from Sheba to Jehoshaphat were broken. And the Bible says because he had made a covenant with an enemy. In other words, there's stuff that's supposed to be getting to you that's being lost in the ocean. Because you got covenant with people that are not serving God. And you, you value that covenant more than you do the covenant with the person sitting next to you right now. Church people, Christians making covenants with people that don't even serve God, don't even love God. And we're wondering why we keep losing stuff. Stuff keeps breaking and not getting to us. Because you've allied and aligned yourself with people that are not living for God. You have forsaken the covenant of brotherhood. We'll talk about it next week. Maybe not now because I just preached the whole message to you. So it won't be as powerful. Will you lift your hands? You know what? I'm going to open this again and I'm going to pray all seven parts of that covenant over you. Keep your hands lifted. Lord, I pray 
that you will deliver your people from under the burden, out from under the burden. Deliver them. Lord, I pray you will defend your people. Defend them. Lord, I pray you will redeem every one of your people with an outstretched arm. I thank you, Lord, that you are a God that accepts us just like we are and you love us too much to leave us like we are. That you will receive them. And Lord, I pray that you will do something and show them that you are God. You are sovereign. You are in control. Father, I pray that you will bring them into their possessions, bring them into their promise, bring them into their inheritance. And finally, I pray, God, that they will understand what has been applied to them, appointed to them, and ordained for them to enjoy. Give them that revelation. Hey, if this is your word.